people who are giving this five stars, like, like why? Like, like literally, why? <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel. Today I'm actually reviewing the new DCEU uh, film. I guess not new because there was a 2017 version, but the Snyder Cut film of Justice League. So before I start, I actually just want to say these are my opinions. Everyone's got their own opinions. My opinion is not more valid than yours. Please do not come for me. You know, all that stuff because, you know, as I just kind of said, lots of people are giving this five out of five stars. I don't personally agree with that, like, at all. Um, but yeah, so I'm actually going to divide this into a good and a bad section, but, but actually before that, I shall be doing a spoiler-free version just in case if you haven't seen the movie and you kind of want to know a few things before going into it if you decide to watch it. So the first thing is the fight scenes in this movie. They were actually really good, like, I don't really know what else to say. They're very entertained, they're very well shot. Um, also, I guess with the fighting scenes as well, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, she's actually really good in this. I saw 1984 with her in it, and she was way better in this movie, so if you didn't like her in 1984, you might love her in this movie, because her fight scenes are just, are very well choreographed and really show off her power, so I really love that about her. The CGI of this film is actually also really good as well, especially for the character Steppenwolf. I haven't seen the 2017 version, so I really can't compare, but from the trailers uh, of Steppenwolf in 2017 versus the one in 2021, he is so much better with the CGI. It's like off the charts. There's actually really only two like small-ish type things that I had like a little trouble with when it comes to the CGI, but other than that, it was like amazing, honestly. Like even with um, the character Cyborg, I'm not really sure how the CGI was in the 2017 version, but in the 2021 version, it was really good. And I actually, I don't know, it didn't, it kind of looked like, in a sense, a little CGI. Like obviously, you know, there's a character who's, you know, you obviously know there's a lot of CGI, but it looked, it looked really realistic. So I really like that as well. Furthermore, the lighting in this film was actually stellar as well. I know with the 2017 version, it was like really dark. Um, and probably that's maybe because they didn't have like the budget for some CGI stuff. So they just had some stuff darker, so they wouldn't really have to fill it in. Uh, but with this, just there's a lot more light, even when there are like scenes that are taking place in the dark. So I thought that was really good as well. The cameos in this movie were actually really surprising, I guess, as well. Like, I didn't see see it coming that some characters would, like, have a little cameo in it. And I really loved that, especially because it, like, opens up the possibility for other future films with some characters because they're now introduced into this film, which I really enjoyed. However, I do want to say one thing before going into this film. It's four hours long. I think we all know that. Uh, get ready to skip a lot because there is some stuff in the movie that you're might get bored by or just like you're like what's the point of this skip and so you know you might skip that part so get ready I clicked the skip button a few times so you might have to as well so possibly get ready for that and then also this film is shot in 4x3 which personally uh, it's a director's choice you know I can't really you know do anything about that uh, personally for me though, I really kind of thought that that wasn't exactly 
the best way to show this film because it's obviously supposed to be the first major team-up of DCEU like characters, so you know, you really want full screen, IMAX, you know, whatever, all that stuff. And so having that in a 4x3, which is very like kind of boxy, I thought was really kind of sucky, honestly. And I really only, I watched this actually on my iPad because it gave the full screen effect because I, when I tried to watch it on other things, it was like a very small portion of the screen. So if you have any tablet, I would try that because then you can get the full screen effect. So that's like really good, I guess, to actually enjoying the film. But that's really all I have for all, I guess, the non-spoilery things. So, you know, if me saying what I said convinced you to go see the film, go see the film. So now we are entering into spoiler territory. So if you don't want this film spoiled for you, click off now, okay? I'm spoiling it. Okay, so everyone who stayed, question. Did you watch this film in one whole day? Because I did not. It took me two days. And um, here's the thing. No film should take two days to watch. That That's like a fact. Because either it should be short enough for you to be able to like watch it in one take or like one sitting or whatever. Or if it's longer, you know, four hours, you should be able to hold my attention for four hours. Like you, you, you should not be making a film that's four hours long being like, oh yeah. It's it's kind of boring. There there's there's a lot of boring parts, guys. Like we all have to admit it. We all have to admit it. there are some boring parts in this film. I think at least thirty minutes of this film could have been cut for sure because there's a lot of setup for other films in this movie that do not push the plot forward at all. Like could have been taken out or could have been shortened or whatever. But so I actually do want to break this. Uh, I guess spoiler section into two parts, uh, the good and the bad. I'm gonna start with the good so you guys can first see that I didn't like parts of the film before you come at me for parts I didn't like because I don't know there were a lot of parts that I didn't like like if I had to rate this film I would give it maybe I don't know 7.5 maybe 8 out of 10 and I don't know comparing this because I know some people might compare it to Avengers Endgame because it's like you know the most recent Marvel like team up movie but personally I think it's like more you know you would want to relate it more to like the first Avengers and if you were to compare it to the first Avengers I would give it like like comparatively to the first Avengers 6 out of 10 because the first Avengers just I don't know there was more comedy it was better lit honestly um there wasn't really a tease of a big bad like this film very much did and also just so the end fight scene in uh, Justice League was very, it was a Superman fight. It was just Superman fighting Steppenwolf, but I'll get into that more when I get into the bad. But let me first get into the good because yeah, all films have some good in them. Let's say that. So as I talked about before in my spoiler free section, the CGI in this film was amazing. Uh, and so were like obviously all the cameos, especially the part where you know, there's like the little kind of flash sideways to the Injustice world. I thought that was excellent. I thought that was super awesome to introduce it in that plot, especially because it seems like maybe for like a Justice League 2 or 3, if they ever make it, who knows, because obviously a lot of things are in the air with Warner Brothers. It could 
follow kind of a similar plot to the first Injustice video game, which is, you know, probably based on some comic. Uh, I don't read the comics. But that sounds very exciting to do, because they obviously introduced, you know, Joker, and, well, I guess they've already introduced Joker and Suicide Squad, but they've introduced um, Deathstroke, which, you know, I hope something goes with that, because, so I was doing a little Googling afterwards, and there seems like there possibly might be a Deathstroke film. It doesn't seem like it, though, because uh, from what the actor Joe Manganiello said about uh, his character, is that it's not a priority for Warner Brothers to make a film, so who knows if there's ever going to be a solo maybe backstory film on his character. But he did say that he was optimistic to see him in other like DCU films, which I think would be super cool to see, for sure. Especially since they seem to like have dropped the ball when it came to like the assassin type characters, because like in Suicides, well, you know, there was Deadshot played by Will Smith, and that wasn't, you know, exactly amazing. So, furthermore, for the cameo scene, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and then Ted, like, it's not really a cameo, it's more of like an actual character, but seeing Ryan Choi in it was, I think, really awesome. Seeing the Green Lantern and Martian Manhunter was really cool, because obviously with the Green Lantern, um, you know, that obviously means that uh, the Green Lantern Corps exists, and I think they're actually already making a film or a TV show based around that, I'm not exactly sure. As I said, Warner Brothers is all up in the air with a lot of things, but also with Martian Manhunter, you know, they, they can make a film about him, which would actually be really cool to see because actually, personally for me, I don't know that much about Martian Manhunter except like a little from Supergirl as I watched a few of the first seasons when they came out, so you know, kind of know a little about him, but you know, I want to know more, so I'd love to see a film with him. And then with Ryan Choi, as the Adam, so obviously he seems like like an actual main character, or not like a main character, but like a side character in the film. So even though he really didn't get that much development, which is fine, but I was kind of wishing that they would give maybe like a little hint to like the fact that he is Adam, maybe see a costume, maybe say, oh yeah, something something Adams or something like that, like like a little nod to the audience. Uh, so who knows if that will ever happen. I actually did read somewhere that Zack Snyder actually did pitch an Adam, like, solo movie uh, with the character Ryan Choice. So, if that were to ever go through, that would also be really cool because, again, I don't know that much about him, uh, except for, again, from the CW and their DC shows, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, you know, we know a little from the Adam, which is Roy Palmer. So if we could see Ryan Choi's Roy Palmer, and then also with the fact that we do now know that these two worlds are in the same universe because I, because we all saw us where, and I guess this is a spoiler for The Flash, if you're watching The Flash, and I'm sorry that I'm going to spoil it right now, but we are in the spoiler section. So there's, you know, there was the part where Ezra Miller's, Ezra Miller's, sorry, Ezra Miller's Flash uh, just, you know, kind of hops into the universe where Grant Gustin's uh, The Flash is. So, you know, these worlds are, you know, interconnected. And I think everyone already knows that because I think also uh, for the Netflix show Lucifer, that's also connected into the DCEU. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of characters. There's a lot that could be done, which would be very interesting to see. Also, so I wasn't exactly sure if I should put this in the spoiler free section, but you know, Better safe than sorry. These characters obviously way more fleshed out, just objectively, 
uh, compared to the 2017 version, probably way more I've never seen, as I keep saying. But objectively, they were really fleshed out, which, in a sense, the way that they did flesh out the characters was a little bit of a problem, because I was, as I was talking about how they could cut some time off the film, uh, there was a lot of scenes where they did, like, half flesh out the characters, but it was just solely for fleshing out the characters and not really pushing the film forward, which is, yeah, kind of fine. It's just, I don't know. Kind of wish they did, like, you know. Which is fine, because obviously, you know, you want fleshed out characters in your film, because we'll obviously be seeing these characters in future films. Like, you know, not all of them, because I heard Ben Affleck quit the Batman, but, like, characters like Aquaman, Cyborg, The Flash, you know? So, happy that they got fleshed out a bit. And again, as I said in my spoiler-free section, the fight scenes were amazing. My favorite one, I think probably everyone's favorite one, honestly, was this was the fight scene where Diana is telling the story to Bruce about like how Darkseid once came to Earth, and then everyone teamed up the Themyscirans, the Atlanteans, humans, and Olin gods, and they had like this Avengers Endgame style battle, which I thought was super cool to see. However, I also kind of did think that, that was maybe like a possible setup to like what was gonna happen at the end of the film, like during the epilogue. Um, I guess I was wrong. That's fine. We all make mistakes. Um, you know, but that could be something that's seen in, you know, the second Justice League or maybe the third Justice League. Who knows? You know? Who knows? But my point is that that, that fight scene was super cool. Just seeing all these characters battle it out. Even though we don't even know these characters, so we, you know, we don't really have the emotional connection like we did in Endgame to, like, certain characters fighting. It was just really cool to see this. Because there were lots of like little nods, uh, obviously because the Green Lantern was there. Or not like the, the Green Lantern, a Green Lantern. You know, I'm not exactly sure like if the Green Lantern, I know the Green Lanterns have different names because I know there's Jon Stewart. But I don't know what the Green Lantern in that one or that Green Lantern is called, you know. So if someone wants to tell me down in the comments, that would be much appreciated. Also, on that note with the fight scenes, so, in the end of the film, where, like, they fail at stopping the, uh, the mother boxes from unifying, and then Barry goes back in time, I thought that was such a cool scene to show, like, time going backwards. I don't know why, it was, it was a very inventive way to do it, and I really did enjoy it, to see, like, kind of how he's going back in time. So, that I think that was, like, also amazing. And then, just in general, all the CGI with Ezra Miller's The Flash, was, I think, incredible. Especially the, the scene where you first see him use his powers at the dog shop, where, like, he, like, pushes the glass and then, like, bends and then snaps and then he's running around and he's saving Iris and getting, like, the hot dog for the dog. And I thought that was awesome to see that because it was just so, I don't know, it was so fluid and it was so immersive. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just really good and I really liked it. The score of the film actually was really cool as well. It was very much, I don't even know how to describe it, very like kind of poetic because it obviously seemed like there was just a soundtrack that kind of fit with every scene, starting with like at the beginning where Superman is just screaming and you hear his echoes and there's like that song that's played over and I know that there are some people who were like, eh, film, or not film, sorry, music. Music doesn't really change how a scene is, if it's good or great or whatever, personally for me, I thought that that really kind of elevated each scene. 
because it was really, I don't even know, it was just, it was a poetic soundtrack, which I think did actually elevate the film uh, in general as well. So now onto the bad, and let me just say one more time, one more time, these are my opinions, so don't get mad at me, these are my opinions, okay, don't blame me, everyone's got their own opinion, I don't know how much I can keep saying it, uh, but yeah. So the first thing, it's not exactly like a bad, bad thing, but the CGI, so there are two parts where I was like, oh, the CGI isn't amazing. So the first one is after Clark, um, he gets his black Superman suit and then he just hops into space pretty much, and then he like faces the camera and then turns away. Obviously that whole scene was CGI, which, you know, totally fine. Uh, but his face, it was just so, I don't even know. I Like the way that I des could describe it and the way I kind of compared it to was like, if I tried to make a sim of Henry Cavill, that's what I would get. And so that was, you know, a little strange to see. And then also another one, where is also a human face, was the part where Diana, where she is fighting Steppenwolf, and then she like hops over him and she's like facing him, and then we can, it's like cameras like kind of like on the ground looking up at her. Her face, you know, it, again, it looks like a sim. Like if I'm trying to make a sim of Gal Gadot, that would be what it would look like. So those two things, other than that, it was, you know, it was fine, but it was a little confusing because like they could have, I don't know, they could have got the actors to do those scenes or obviously maybe a stunt double and then they could have just CGI'd and everything else. Especially with all the scenes of Ezra Miller's The Flash, you know, I kind of expected more because they, you know, they could CGI those scenes, but they didn't. So why did they CGI these other scenes? So that was a little strange in my opinion. Also, as I talked about before, the lighting of the film. So, as I did say, the lighting was good. However, I kind of wish that was better. And by better, I mean brighter. Or maybe like a color palette differentiation or something like that. And I think that there could have been like, maybe gone from like a sat or a desaturated like color palette at the beginning. And as the film continues, it gets more saturated. As the team is growing and there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. And so it can kind of reflect the team mentality of like, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna win, and whatever. Especially like, you know, they got Superman on their team, which, you know, is a whole thing. Him fighting Steppenwolf is a whole thing that I didn't like, but I will get to that very soon. Another thing that I really didn't like about this film was, so this film is cut up into eight sections, which, you know, it's fine, it's whatever. Except here's the thing, so, well, more like seven sections because the eighth section is uncredits, but that's whatever. So, in the seven sections, you know, there's a line stated and then that's said by the character one time. Personally, I think that that was kind of dumb because it didn't really feel like it related to the scene. So I just, I don't know, I didn't like it. It was very kind of, I don't know, annoying, I guess. I don't really know how to describe it better. It was just, I don't know, I feel like there could have been more fitting titles for each section of the film. So let's talk about the plot itself. So. There are multiple times in the plot where it could have been cut, as I keep talking about, uh, and I have a few specifics that they could have done. Number one, when Barry goes to see his father in prison for the first time, they could have taken that out. There is no point seeing that, except obviously, yes, uh, to set up the Flash movie, but I feel like there could have been something about where his dad's like, oh, join Batman's team, or something like that. It really could have pushed the plot forward, being like, oh, maybe Barry doesn't want to join the team. Uh, because, I don't know, maybe he thinks he might die and then, you know, he'll never be able to release his father from jail or something like that, you know? Number two, in the same vein as before, Arthur wanting 
to not be the king of Atlantis. Might be a continuation of Aquaman. I'm not really sure. If I never saw the film. However, there was nothing about like how that really like, you know, pushes the plot forward. I feel like there could have been something about where he doesn't want to join the team and someone's like family is everything, teamwork is everything or whatever. Because obviously at the end of the film, he, you know, goes to see his father. So I feel like there could have been something with him not wanting to be the king of Atlantis. Someone being like, teamwork is everything, Arthur. And then he's like, okay, I'm gonna join the Justice League. I don't know. Feel, I feel like they could have done that better. Number three, very similar to the first two. Again, Cyborg not wanting to join the team. So the reason that he wants to join the team, there is obviously very good reasoning. Uh, his father Silas is taken by the parademons and he's like, oh, I wanna go find my father. Obviously, that makes sense. Here's the thing though. Uh, some There was something that I really hated with that which I feel like they could have cut as well. Number four, the parademons. So they're trying to abduct everyone. That's cool, do your stuff abduct people. Here's the thing. So when they try to get the mother box for the first time from Cyborg and he's like got his like hand gun arm thing ready to shoot and then people are like oh my god what is that and they pour it to the parademon and the parademon is like and goes away. Um why? The parademon is literally abducting people. It like does not care if someone sees it especially because they could have just cut that whole scene out with Cyborg and the parademon because the parademon then comes back and takes Silas away. And like that could have been like all fine. And the whole thing about that with like people are like, oh my god, the parademon kind of looks like Batman. You know, they could have done something where after Silas is taken, uh, Gordon could have been like, yo, Batman, uh, do you know who's abducting all these people? Or someone could have seen Silas get taken and then they could have been like, oh my god, Batman, why are you abducting so many people? That could have been better. So I feel like they could have cut that scene out because I feel like that was pointless. And then also, I guess, as well, kind of a little thing with that as well. The whole scene where he, uh, Cyborg goes to meet Diana, I feel like that, you know, is kind of in the similar vein of number three about how he doesn't want to join the team. I feel like that wasn't that good of a reasoning for why he didn't want to join the team. Number five. Yes, I, I still have more. So anytime with Lil Slane, yeah, I get it. She's depressed. Obviously that makes sense. Her, you know, her boyfriend was taken from her, literally killed in front of her or near her or something like that. I don't really know. I feel like most of the scenes though with her were just, they were boring and there was, there was no point of them being there. And the only time she really became relevant was when Martha, even though it wasn't actually Martha, it was Martian Manhunter using his abilities, uh, you know, goes to talk to her, and then she's like, okay, I'm gonna go report, and then, you know, she stops uh, Superman from just killing everyone. So, you know, good for her, but I feel like her involvement of the film was pointless up until that part, and I feel like maybe they could have done something a little better. Maybe she wants to, I don't know, team up with Bruce and do something. I don't really know. I feel... Those scenes could have been taken out or something like that because, you know, we understand if you, if your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner is killed in front of you, we understand that that would lead you to be depressed. We don't need to see multiple cuts of her just doing absolutely nothing. Like, I think it kind of makes sense that she'd be depressed. Number six, last one. So, the scene where the first mother box is being taken from Themyscira, uh, Queen... Oh my goodness, I keep forgetting how to say her name. Like, 
Hippolya, Queen Hippolya, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm not exactly sure. I hope that's correct. Uh, so she's like, oh yeah, knock all the beams down and stuff. And then like the little temple thing, like just tanks into the ocean. Why? Okay, first off, why was that scene there? Uh, because that obviously shown that the queen, you know, doesn't care about the people because they would all drown. Because here's the thing, I knew 100% Steppenwolf was just going to just jump out of that. And he did. And you know what? He, she wouldn't have had to drown other Amazons because Steppenwolf did not... He, I don't know, personally for me, it didn't seem like he was really after killing people. He was just after, you know, the mother boxes. So Darkseid did kill everyone, I guess. So, you know. Uh, but, you know, she just made her soldiers drown. And I feel like that was, like, really dumb and really mean of her to just, you know, let her soldiers die. And by let them die, I mean purposely kind of kill them. Especially because when you're falling, you know, it's hard to kill winged things, whatever the parademons are. Uh, they, they flew out of there. The Amazons cannot fly. So, you know, again, they're drowning. However, I do want to say there are two points in the film which do not push the plot forward, which I think are totally fine. I want to say this uh, so the two scenes in the epilogue, uh, the first scene with Arthur, and he's like, oh, I want to go see my father. I think that that is perfectly fine. Uh, and then the second one is when Barry goes to see his father for the second time in prison. I think that is also, you know, it's fine. Because it's in the epilogue, so, you know, there wasn't really any character motivation. There's more, like, character tie-ups. So, yeah, I think those two scenes were totally fine for not pushing the plot forward. I guess, well, pushing the plot forward for other films. But in this film specifically, it was fine. But I would like to address another big problem of the film, so Superman. Um, two scenes, where he's resurrected and then where he fights Steppenwolf. So first off, the scene where he's resurrected. So we obviously learn the Mother Boxes can kind of like rearrange atoms or something like that because the, uh, the metaphor or analogy or whatever is a uh, match can turn a house into smoke but a Mother Box can turn a smoke into a house. So, you know, we know, we understand the properties of the mother box. Here's the thing though, you're not changing any atoms in Superman per se, because you know, he's not blown to bits and they're not like, you know, reassembling him with the mother boxes. They're resurrecting him and you're not in a sense taking any atoms and changing them. You know, maybe you are, maybe that's like some like, I don't know, anatomy thing. I don't really know, but I feel like that kind of didn't make sense to what they were doing with Superman because if the mother boxes have the ability to rearrange atoms, how can you rearrange atoms to give someone a new life? So, you know, I was a little confused. You know, maybe there might be a perfectly reasonable explanation for that. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. Um, but the other scene with Superman, so we're just fighting Steppenwolf. So, okay, comparing this to Avengers Endgame, that one was better because here's the thing, Tony, Steve, and Thor, like, do actually team up and they use their abilities in, like, combo moves to attack Thanos. And in this movie, it's just, like, Diana and Arthur kind of step back to let Superman just beat the crap out of Steppenwolf. And I'm just like, I, what? I... It was dumb because, like, it was inevitable of who was going to win. Like, it's super obvious that Superman's going to kill Steppenwolf, even though, you know, he didn't. It was Diana. But, you know, he could have easily killed Steppenwolf, like, 
well, probably doing something else or something. I don't even know. But just the fact that there was such inevitability of who would win the battle, it just, it ruined the battle. It ruined the final battle. And I would kind of compare this to the scene or the opening scene of where we see Diana for the first time where she's using her bracelets and she's kicking everyone and stuff when she's dealing with the terrorists. But here's the thing, this is the final battle. This is an important battle. The other battle with Diana where she's like kicking butt and it's obvious of who's gonna win is a, is a character setup. And you know, the final battle, if it's super obvious of who's gonna win, you know, it doesn't really make it enjoyable to watch. Also, another thing, so I thought there was gonna be a face-off between Darkseid and everyone else. Maybe I was just like, you know, missing some signs, but just from the way that uh, I guess Warner Brothers and HBO Max promoted it, it seemed like it with all these posters, the tagline saying new story, new villain, I thought that Darkseid was gonna be in the epilogue or something. And I feel like this tease was really dumb because it did not pay off. And, you know, I was kind of really mad because I did want to see, especially, especially after Superman just beats the crap out of Steppenwolf, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like a level one boss. Now let's see Superman go against Darkseid. You know, that's going to be way harder. That's going to be a, a question of, okay, who's actually going to win, you know? So maybe I was just being dumb and I was reading too much into the signs. Who knows? To conclude, is this movie terrible? No, no, not at all. Could this movie have been improved in multiple ways? Very much so. Would I watch a sequel if they ever made one? Who knows, I'm never gonna spend another four hours watching a film though, so they better keep it under four hours. Actually, under three, under three. Actually, unless it's like three hours, two minutes, something like that. But all things said, this film, you know, is better than the original one, assumingly. It's, you know, it seems a lot better. It was enjoyable to watch, you know. There were good fight scenes. CGI was good and all that jazz. So, yeah. However, I do want to say this. I think a lot of people are giving this movie way more credit than it deserves because they're looking at this film in a comparative lens instead of an objective lens. Because they're comparing this to the first movie, which, you know, it can make sense. But here's the thing. For someone like me, who hasn't seen the first one, when I'm like told, oh, it's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, no, because that's gonna ruin the film for me. If the film was like at 85% by audiences, that would make a lot more sense because this 97 on Rotten Tomatoes is not justified at all, and it will 100%, well, I think, it will 100% ruin the experience of someone who hasn't seen the first movie and is expecting a movie that's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes by the audience score, and doesn't get that. So I feel like some people should kind of recognize that they are looking at this film in a comparative lens compared to an uh, objective lens. So, concluding statement. It was better than Suicide Squad, at least. <laughs> Thank you everyone who stayed until the end. Like, share, comment down below telling me if the Schneider Cut was actually good and maybe I'm just crazy for ripping it apart. And subscribe if you like what I'm doing here. But until next time, peace.